on this evening? What you into? Well, right now I'm uh, recovering from wrapping about three hours worth of Christmas presents because I'm a slacker <laughs> and I waited till the last minute. So I spent my day doing that while the kids were at school and went and had some dinner with the family and that. We're just coming back to the house and winding on down for the evening now, getting things right ready on. for trip down south tomorrow we're gonna to go down and see some family for early christmas and that down by springfield and get all that stuff out of the way before christmas hits sweet that's awesome man we uh we still got to get our wrapping done i think uh when i get done here uh recording this i'm uh <laughs> being summons to bring all the gifts down here in the basement so <laughs> but we'll see how- yeah, I know. I'm a little nervous to see what the hell my wife bought, I'll be honest with you. That, that's that's <laughs> another thing I'm consistent at, and that's waiting till the last minute to get shit done. <laughs> All right, yeah, well, I'm glad I'm not the only one, man. <laughs> so, dude, uh, why don't you give us a little breakdown for some of, some guys out there that might not know about you and uh, and Rack Daddy Minerals. Um, I know that's your company. It would be just give us a little intro on you and, and kind of how all that got started. All right, uh yeah, I mean, as you know, I'm I'm an avid bow hunter. Uh, don't hardly ever rifle hunt at all. If I do go rifle hunting at all, I might take my dad out for the opener or something like that, and and go with him. <clears throat> Other than that, I I always have a bow in my hand. I've just always enjoyed, you know, chasing whitetails with a bow. So, um, started off I was probably whenever I really got into bow hunting hardcore. I would say I was in my twenties. I mean, I hunted from the time I was fifteen on but i didn't really know what i was doing i was just setting up blind on some random open fields on public or didn't really know what i was doing i got lucky and would see a doe or you know get a chance at an 80 yard shot or something like that so i didn't really know what i was doing um like i said about my mid-20s i actually started you know buckling down and and doing some more research on things and watching a lot of the guys on youtube of course stuff like that and trying to play that stuff into my my hunts as I was going along from day to day and uh yeah pretty much it just something in me changed where I was just like dedicated to uh to trying to kill a bigger deer every year from then on you know and trying to uh not even so much I mean of course a mature deer is nice and I I do try to kill mature deer but if some three or four year old comes through with some big headgear I don't pass them up either you know I'm about putting putting antlers on the wall so (laughs) I'm with you, dude. Uh, so, so, uh, how old are you, man? Um, you said you got started in your twenties. So how many years have you really been dedicated like to bow hunting? I'm going to say solid, solid seven, seven okay. years. I mean, I've been hardcore, just my bow. Uh, I think I've killed I'm trying to think the last time I killed one with a rifle, man, it's been, I don't know, probably 10 years or better at least. Um, it's been quite a while since I've killed anything with a rifle. And the thing was, the reason why I just kind of quit rifle hunting was the furthest I was killing deer with the rifle was like 30 and 40 yards. And I'm like, right, you know, why carry yeah. a gun whenever I can do it with my bow and get more satisfaction out of it, kind of. But uh, so I'm 33 now. Um, like I said, I am central Missouri. I live in Boone County up here in Columbia. Primarily hunt this general area. I do travel around a lot, though, especially whenever I bounce around from from public spots i go north and south of here and uh i try to kind of spread it out and scout new areas every year um instead of hitting the same thing over and over and over i like seeing different scenery and i'm starting to learn the river bottom stuff a lot more 
Uh, I'm sure you've probably seen last year. I I got three buck tags. I had a management hunt in Missouri as well, and that was on a river bottom farm <clears throat> on a piece of public. And my first set, my first morning, I wasn't in the stand like 30, 35 minutes, and I killed that buck coming back to his bed out of a uh, river bottom. So I'm starting to figure that stuff out. Uh, I mean, not, you know how I am as far as out, out and about trying to scout as much as I can in the early season. Um, late season, I, I do a lot, but I try to get my kids out a lot more and shed hunt and enjoy time with them. And then once they're kind of burnt out with that, then I kick it into gear and start, you know, focusing more on trying to find all them fall range uh, areas for them deer and stuff. Just in case I don't get on something early in the season, I'll, you know, have a little bit of knowledge for that fall. Yeah. Yeah. That's solid, man. I, I mean, I'm trying to get there. I'm trying to kill a, a good one in early season. I just, I seem to always struggle to find that one target buck that really like piques my interest. You know, I find plenty of good solid one thirties and, you know, a couple one forties and stuff like that. But it's just, uh, I think this year with, you know, I'm a little bit on the struggle bus this year with like finding the deer or really, I should say killing the deer of the caliber I want. Um, and it's really like kind of pushed me, man. And I feel like, you know, when you have years like I'm having, I feel like those are the ones that really make you because it just pisses you off, you know, and you're just like, all right, I'm not doing this shit next year. Like, I, you know, and it was a little bit different this season, I'd say, I guess with, uh, having the elk hunt, like my mind was kind of like, all right, well, I'm, I'm more geared towards this than, you know, whitetail this year. So I think that's, that's a little bit of a part of it, but when you're getting into your early season time frame, are you, uh, give us a little bit of like a breakdown for your scouting or do you, or do you find that the river bottoms are a little bit more consistent? Cause they're like a lot cooler or man, I hate ag. Okay. <laughs> I hate hunting ag with a passion. I grew up in Southwest Missouri, so it's been hardwoods. You know, you had a little bit of ag, but not nothing like they have up here. Um, and the reason why is, you know, I, I know a lot of guys are comfortable shooting 80 and a hundred yards and stuff like that. And I'm just not that guy, man. I can't, you know, I'm, I'm not that good with archery equipment. So, I mean, I'll shoot it at the range at 80. That's about the furthest I ever shoot just in case it's an emergency, you know, backup shot. But like the furthest I've ever killed a deer with a bow was 48 yards. Yeah. Um, and she was, she was literally bedded down and I needed to leave and I knew she was going to blow me and blow my hunt. Anyway, my wife had called and, the kid had COVID and everything else. So I was, I had to get down and I'm like, it's either shooter or she's going to booger up this area. And there was a giant that I was chasing that was bedding in that finger where she was bedded underneath that red Oak. And he was going to that same exact tree she was laying under and eating them acorns. So anyway, eat, yeah, yeah. like I said, 48 yards yep. was the furthest I've shot. So the ag country stuff for me is it's a new obstacle. I've been, this season, I've been doing a lot more of the long range shooting, practicing from 60 to 80 consistently and trying to, you know, build my confidence up for that far of a shot if need be. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I, I whiffed one. I made a, a mistake in Indiana at uh 50 and I clipped a, a good buck. I just really don't see the point in shooting past 30. I mean, and I'll, I'll say that on here and I'll go shoot a 50 yard shot at a buck, but I mean, <laughs> it's all situational, you know, Absolutely. um, but yeah, shooting far, man, I think it's a great thing. I mean, if you can shoot 80 yards, then a 20 or a 40 yard shot is going to be like nothing. So yeah, that's just my, my sediment on it. But 
Yeah, this so, coming year it'll be. I'm I'm going to key in more. I mean, I've I've killed pretty much. I don't know. I've killed a few deer on public. I killed one last year on public. Uh, I think. Let me see. Year before that, I've only I've only killed a couple of deer off of public in the last few years. Um, so for me, I, I'm I'm kind of geared more towards hunting more pressured deer this coming year obviously my son will be six uh so he'll be he'll have his tags in missouri so all my private spots like i had a couple of solid deer that you know i'll send you some pictures and stuff i haven't been posting them online just just because but there's some i've got some (laughs) some hammers for for Riker to get on next year early season and uh i'm gonna just dive off into some public and to be honest with you I really don't even care, man. I'm going to go out and it's, it's about having fun at this point for me. Like I had a phenomenal season this year. It's the best season I ever had. And I'm, I'm content, man. I feel like I, I'm happy with what I, what I killed. I got my number one and number two bucks killed. Um, and that was on limited time. So, I mean, I really, I really capitalized on that this year. And I feel like now it's time just to get out there and if something comes through and makes me happy and not even know what's in the area, you know, cause we can't run cameras on public down here on most of it. So yeah, it's just a that, matter of that's awesome, man. Them. Yeah. They're, they're starting. I don't know if you've heard they're doing away with cell cams in Kentucky for next year on public, which I don't think is going to freaking matter. Honestly, I feel like people are going to do what they're going to do. Um, yeah. you know, I find all kinds of bait piles and everything else on public around here and stands left up. So, We'll see. The fishing game needs to step their game up in uh, in Kentucky. I don't yeah. know if y'all are out there listening or not, but I'm just <laughs> speaking facts here. They don't they they uh, they rather ticket you for not wearing an orange hat than uh, go investigate some poaching that's going on. So it's kind of I don't I don't really have uh, much. I don't know. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, no, I, <laughs> yeah. I understand. I, I run into cameras and stuff a lot on public spots and stuff, uh, which to each their own you know i mean i've I've, in the past you know whenever i was younger i've been some rules and and you know i try to do everything by the book now obviously because i got the business and stuff i don't need to be putting a target on my back for anything so right i uh i try to do everything kosher and and you know put the next foot forward and do the right things i'm not i'm not the one that's going to call somebody in if i find a camera or nothing like that but it's just like you know i don't know it's (laughs) just different now i know i'm in the same boat man it is what it is you know you got to uh you got to trust trust the process and uh just do your thing you can't control the outside sources right but i mean um as far as uh the public and everything goes uh have you have you spent a lot of time uh in the past hunting public so you kind of have an idea on where you're headed to okay yeah i spent yeah I spend, that's, that's what's funny is I run my cameras on my private. I don't glass. I don't do shit really. I let my cameras, you know, I run them over mineral sites primarily, obviously. Yeah. Um, mineral sites are mock scrapes, depending on the area and stuff. Situational, um, for sure. But I've been kind of, you know, cause here's the thing, man. It's like, I've, I've been kind of letting what other people think of, of my style of hunting get to me a little bit and, and it shouldn't matter. I'm killing deer legally and that's what matters, but if somebody says, you know, oh, well, you're killing them over a bait pile and it's actually a legal mineral site in Missouri that you can kill a deer on. Right. It's kind of, you know, so I've been trying to, to run more mock scrapes and kind of, you know, step it up a little bit uh, to try to earn some respect, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? I don't want people 
thinking I the think, wrong thing. You know, I think it's a great topic to touch on, man. Um, I feel like a lot of us out there really kind of are getting too caught up in hunting for other people when none of these people matter at all, you know, realistically. I know I'm yeah. guilty of it. I think I think any of us, if you actually, you know, can step back and look at yourself, we're all guilty of it to some extent. And it's like, it really shouldn't matter. I mean, I know you're old enough to remember back in the day, like, when I say back in the day, like I'm some old timer, but we're getting there. <laughs> right. I know. Um, but like, you remember it's like, nobody ever would ask like what your buck scored or, <laughs> Hey, like it didn't matter how big it was. Oh man. Congrats. Like that's freaking sweet. Like how big, Oh sweet. Like we didn't really even give a crap and we were out there sticking the first good thing that walked down the trail. Yeah. Now, you know, when you, when you kind of, you know, you get to this point where it's like, you've killed a, a you know, a bunch of deer yeah, of course. I think the only natural thing is to like to want to grow and shoot bigger deer. But then we get into like these things of like a pissing match of uh, private, public corn pile, mineral scrape, cornfield, whatever the, the cause may be. The people that bait with corn bitch about the people that have food plots. You know, yeah. it's like and and it's never ending. You know, I don't know. I get kind of sick of it, and I I, I encourage all my I've had a a good bit of like younger like buddies that I've made, you know, since I've moved here and I try to tell them the same thing. It's like, man, like enjoy the hunt and just have fun. Cause that's really what this is all about. And not to go down a rabbit hole, but I just think it needed to be said well, for no, anybody I'm out with there. You. That's, that's definitely where I'm at with it in my mind frame too. Like I said, you've seen that hunt that I, you know, me and my buddy, went on the other day and that was just like insane to i shot that doe and then like he was there for like 45 minutes dude and it was it was cool because he was set up i thought he was about like 70 or 80 but he said whenever he ranged me i think i was around like 55 60 from him um so he was a little bit closer than what i thought we was but either way like us communicating on the cell phone luckily we had service on that piece and i was able to message back and forth and like the buck ran off to, to run some bucks off some other bucks that were coming in downwind of him or upwind i mean <clears throat> and i messaged charles and i was like yeah you know get down so he lowered his bow hopped down and snuck up to the base of my tree and like it was all just like it was so cool like and it was definitely by far not the biggest deer that you know he had killed and it was not the biggest deer that you know, I'd been around, but it was just like I had the butterflies in my stomach and if i would have had a tag honest to god I, w- I would have smoked that deer, bro, because I was excited and I was happy with him and I didn't care about nothing else. You know what I mean? Like, but to yeah. me, that's, that's kind of getting back to the roots, the the core of enjoying the hunt, because you're right, man. Like even with me starting the business and that it's because I wanted to grow bigger deer and I wanted to pull deer off of surrounding properties. Like you might be growing deer on, on a 600 acre ranch, you know, or 600 acre farm. And I got a little three acre piece of land like I did last year opening day and I'm pulling your deer, yeah. you know, like mm-hmm. <laughs> good minerals and, and, and stuff like that. And strategies will, will come as a, a very good tool to have. I mean, I know, like I said, it's not for everybody. Some people are against it and, and I respect that too. Yeah. I love it, dude. I'm 100% on the same page with you as far as running minerals and scrapes. Uh, I am, I really don't like using corn. Um, Recently, I'm not going to lie, I threw out some corn just to try and see what I've got around because they seem to kind of have slowed down on the scrapes. I, I've been 
keeping up with my scrapes and, you know, adjusting cameras and I'm just not getting the deer that I want to show up. And I don't, even if I get a deer on the corn, I I don't plan on hunting over it. I just kind of want to see what's going on. And I want to, I want to know if there's any other targets that I'm not seeing that are there. But realistically, I think a lot of mature deer don't like coming to corn piles. And when they see them this late in the season, it's like, I don't, I don't think so. Pretty educated already. It seems that way. I, you know, I could be dead wrong. Maybe, you know, we all overthink it sometimes, but when I wanted to, you know, touch on your knowledge of minerals, um, how late are you seeing a lot of these bucks and does hammer the minerals? Is it all season or like, what is our peak time frame that you've noticed? Well, for where I'm at, like they're just now, I mean, if I'm, if I'm putting feed mix out on the properties that I'm not hunting no more, I've already started supplemental feeding and putting protein pellets um, along with minerals. I keep my mineral sites fresh. Well, I say year round, but honestly, this year I've been slacking like super bad. Like a lot of my big deer have kind of disappeared on me and they're on neighboring properties. And it's like, I've just, I've been so damn busy. I have not. I mean, it's like a second, it's like a part-time job, you know, almost to keep up with all. I mean, I've got so many properties to to keep fresh. So I just tried to narrow down to my top three this year. Um, and then, you know, capitalize on those three properties, which ended up panning out for me. It's probably the smartest move I made. Like, so maybe once a month I'll go and refresh some stuff on my bigger properties, especially if they're just farms that I got for Riker for next year. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I supplemental feed on it, but as far as the minerals go, dude, all the way I had deer bucks that were hammering mineral sites, all the way past the opening of season this year. I mean, it was, it was kind of a strange season though, man. I had seven different bucks five days after season started here in Missouri, still in full velvet. And uh, one of them was that big drop time buck that I was, I was going to go and chase. I actually, so the history with him was last year. I passed him up. I got a shit ton of footage with him. He was just a mainframe 11 uh, or well, a 10 with the flyer on his left side. Um, and last year he was, you know, young deer, I could tell, but I was like, man, that deer's got some potential. This year, lo and behold, it developed a, a big drop time on his left side. Um, and he's probably, I'm going to say 135 out of velvet, I would say. He looked bigger than that, obviously, in velvet. But I had plans to go in there and kill a velvet drop time buck in Missouri on the opening morning, right? Mm-hmm. Got up the morning to go and kill him, everything. Got out to my truck. It was 430 um and i'm like something i don't know something in my gut changed man and i'm like dude <laughs> you know piss on that deer dude who you've got so many 130s and 140s on the wall who gives a shit about that deer anymore like you You're said right. you was gonna kill two deer over 150 and i need to stick to it yeah um and dude it was hard man because you don't get a velvet buck in missouri very often like so no i understand man I, and that, i really struggle with the same thing especially when it's near opener i mean we only have one tag in kentucky so it's like I really cherish trying to find like, especially if I'm going to end my season that early, like it's better be a damn good deer. You know what I mean? So that's where I'm kind of thinking like, I need to just really expand my options next season and just have multiple places to be going to. I do know one thing, Kentucky's on my list and uh, definitely if I get down there, we will, we'll have to link up. um, Yeah, man. I'd love to. And maybe I, just just as far as I'll come down early season to scout it, you know what I mean? That's what I mean. We can go down there and scout some pieces together and maybe share some intel with each other as far as maybe I'll see some things you want and vice versa, and you know. Yeah. So. Yeah, be ready for chiggers. <laughs> yeah. 
Bring it. <laughs> yeah, I keep sawyers on me year round, man. <laughs> yeah, dude, you definitely need it here. Trust me. So, so it. I mean, I've kind of learned. I've kind of had uh, experiences where I've noticed these deer hitting an established mineral pile all the way through October. Yep. Um, and it kind of surprised me because. I always used to write off minerals like, okay, well, once it's out of summer, like they don't really worry about them. And that was my old logic. You know, I just, from what I had observed, but if you get it in the right area and you've, I feel like, is that correct in saying that? Or does it not matter? Well, you you're 100% it? right. It's all about location. Like I can, I can put mineral out anywhere. I can go put it in the middle of a fucking road in the middle of July and the deer are going to hammer it, you know? Right. Um, it's situational for me. I run mineral sites for bucks and I run mineral sites for does to try to keep the two separated. Okay. Um, I push in close tight to bedding for, for summer bedding, obviously for the bucks. And I run my cameras there. If you notice a lot of the pictures I post in the summer and that it's buck after buck after buck. And then another camera I might post will have like 20 does on it, you know? Okay. Um, so I, I, you can't keep them separated obviously, but you can do your part to help. And it does help a lot keeping, you know, keeping that attention and, keeping them big deer left alone as much as possible, so to speak, you know, keep the does and the younger bucks out of that area. Um, and I've, I've learned that by doing that, that deer will bed in that area longer. Um, you know, that, that's why I get very argumentative with these guys that are, that well, I'll post a picture and I'm like this deer, if I wanted to kill this deer opening day, you know, the first week of season, whatever, like I, I could go in there and kill that deer guaranteed. Like, Mm -hmm. And guys are like, oh, he's going to move on you. He's going to shift. He's going to fall range. And it's like, oh, shit, dude. Like, no, he's not. Like, yeah. I got my property set up to be successful. And, I mean, obviously, the, the track record shows that what I'm doing, it, it, it's working. You know, it's yeah. working great for me. So, now the big nine, you get into the seven-year-old deer. That's the first buck I've killed that was that old, man. And that sucker, he gave me a run for my money. He was – he was <laughs> – uh, yeah, he made me look like a straight punk, bro, the first week of season. I mean, <laughs> yeah, so I, I would have had that deer dead the first time I hunted him, the first night I hunted him. But I didn't realize he had a little freaking eight-pointer with him, dude, and that little bastard. I was at 30 yards, and I seen them both, man. They was coming down a trail coming out of the bedding thicket. I had him on a camera, and I went and set up about 120 yards from it where they was crossing the CRP field. There was one trail, and... uh that little bastard picked me off dude bigger and shit and like oh man that deer should have been dead but you know like i said it it happened for a reason I, I wasn't having fun i don't like ground hunting dude it's not my game it's not for me i think it's fucking boring i like yeah. being in a tree and elevated in a saddle or a stand or something that's like i just that's my style of hunting you know what i mm -hmm. mean the ground game i respect it uh i just suck at it so <laughs> i was I, like screw I, yeah it. I can honestly say, man, I think when I was younger, I did a lot of like ghillie hunting and sneaking around here and there, just trying to use the wind to my advantage. And it, it doesn't work out very often. I feel, felt like that's really when I just switched back to primarily just using the climber or whatever it back then the climber, but let's, let's get into that, man. What is your setup? I know you're, you do a little bit of both, but, uh, if, uh, if you can just give us a breakdown on, um, what your setups are. Uh, so my go-to that I usually use, um, I got that lone wolf assault too. Uh, I've had it for three, four, five years. I don't know. I've, I've had it a few years. Um, that's been my baby. I've killed a lot of freaking deer out of that stand. Um, I like running it. I, I, I like hunting what they call the hybrid, I guess, whatever. 
I was, I was kind of hunting the hybrid before it become a thing though. Like whenever I first got my saddle, I wasn't really using just a platform. I tried it and I'm like, man, I, I like having that stand. Um, I feel like whenever I can sit down and relax a little bit more in a sitting position, um, not in the saddle, uh, I'm more prone to, to sit there longer. It won't be a, a couple hour hunt where I'm getting fidgety and ready to go. Uh, cause if I don't have that, if I don't have a stand with me, man, just leaning constantly, I'm a leaner big time. I can't okay. sit in my saddle and be comfortable. It just hurts my back. I got you. But yeah, I, I really enjoy that. But I mean, the, the one platform I do have, I got the fix, uh, that lone wolf platform and dude, I love it. Um, I've, I've tried several different other platforms that were, nothing was wrong with them. I like the way that that you can just like touch that thing to a tree and it bites into it, man. It's oh, just I like know. very aggressive yeah. and easy yeah. to set. Um, it's real packable. It's quiet. Um, yeah. What sticks but, are you running? Well, I was running the, the, I had the custom gear double steps and I got rid of them, man. I just, I, I couldn't fall in love with them. I tried, I, I, I gave it my all bro. They look good. They, <laughs> I like my double steps and you're going to laugh at me for this, but I've got a set of OG Lone Wolf sticks, the 20s that I run a four pack, bro, with a two step aider. There you go. Um, and and that's my setup for that stand. And then I got my Novix Hilo, and I actually run some Hawk 20 inch sticks that I'd modified up and put aiders on and stuff, and kind of put my own little spin on them to make them a solid little stick, man. And I've I've I know they get they get shit on a lot and everything from people, but I, I've had no issues with them myself. I think they used to make really good sticks and then something changed because I've got some of the old ones and they, I don't know, they were good at one point. Like if you bought them three or four years ago, I think you got them when they actually made the the three step before they went to the, just the small, like uh 20 inch section. Remember yeah. everybody was right kind of during the saddle craze. And then everybody started modding out the, uh, the Hulk sticks yeah, and cutting their thirties down to twenties. <laughs> yeah. Falling out of trees, putting the wrong holes here and there. Yeah. That Breaking kind of shit. steps. Yeah. 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 They got a bad rep because everybody fucking pimped them out themselves. And dude, if I, know. if I wanted to give anybody credit, man, for killing the big nine, as far as my tree stand setup goes, I, I traded a 50 pound bag of mineral for two metal stands to this old boy up North this year. And yeah. it was just some shitty Walmart stands, real tree seat, you know, yeah. Just a junk ass metal stand, and I pre-hung <laughs> that fucker in a pinch between a lake and a creek where I killed that deer, and I literally put one twenty-inch hawk step stick on, and the rest of it was screw-ins, screw-in green pegs from Walmart, bro. That's what I hung that, and that's what I killed that deer out of. So like, I got all this new fancy gear and hide all of this and hide all of that, and I and I can't, <laughs> I can't give anything credit for killing that deer because I killed it out of the, the jankiest freaking setup I've ever hunted in my life. Yeah, just be careful with them, dude. The biggest thing I'll say about those stands is just watch those cables and make sure you're <laughs> like... I, I went to go step in mine that I've had uh, hung up here since we moved, dude. And I was I thought about it. It was like... I think it was like September. And I was thinking about throwing a sit. And I'm like, eh, let me go knock all the leaves off of this thing. You know, like a, a squirrel <laughs> yeah. made a nest up in it. And dude, I looked at the cables and I'm like, eh. And I just went and took my foot and I went, boom, like kicked it snap the cables right off dude damn like and i was like oh man like that could have been a rough morning you know what i'm saying and yeah definitely. another another good buddy of mine his brother had that happen to him so y'all be careful out there i don't care what stands you're using just be safe and uh and make sure that your gear is good to go yeah that's another thing that i kind of i've been 
really cracking down on for myself is, I mean, for many years, dude, I didn't use a tree stand harness. I was like, I don't need that shit. I didn't use that crap. You know, I'd pre-hang a set and I'd go hunt it. I was, you know, too cool for, for a harness. And like, since I got the kids now and stuff, the last like three years, I've been like, kind of like the mom of my friends, so to speak. You yeah. know, it's like they go well, hunting with me and they're yeah. like, oh, you got a stand hung? I'm like, yeah, you got a harness? No. I'm like, well, you're not hunting my stand then. You're not hunting with me without a harness, man. Like I'm, I'm yeah. that guy. Uh, no, man, the most but, important thing about hunting is coming back home to your family. I mean, yeah, period. Yeah, 100%. There's no, sure. there's no freaking, no deer in the world that's worth, you know, no. worth risking it for, man. I don't care yeah. how big he is, so. One thing I do like about mobile hunting, too, I feel like I hunt so much lower than I ever did before with, like, a climber or anything. I just, I don't know. The highest I pretty much go is, like, maybe 15 to 16 feet. It's just... Yeah. So I feel a little bit safer with that. I, I just really switched to the saddle to be more kind of, you know, to be double safe, really. Um, that was part of the reason I switched. I had a, a climber accident when I was younger and with moving out here to Kentucky and not having anybody. Not, it, originally, when I moved out here, I didn't have anybody. So I'm like, n- my wife has no idea where I'm at nobody else knows where I'm at. Nobody's coming to save me. Well, I better make sure my ass is, you know, taken care of if I'm going to be miles deep in the woods in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, that saddle is, it's definitely, man, whenever they first come out, I was i was that guy that I'm like, you know, this is stupid, man. I'm like, these guys are looking like morons. And yeah. I'm like, I will never hunt from one of them. And then two years later, I'm like, dude, that's like the best, you know, that's the icing on the cake for, for yeah. the toolbox. Um, it is, dude. That's the best thing to call it. I, I call it the same thing. It's just a tool in my arsenal, really. And it depends. It, like, this late season shit, man, like, whenever we went and set up the other day, whenever I hunted with my buddy, you know, he, he primarily runs just a stand, and I think he runs, like, the dryad. So do you feel like it was better for you, like, suburban hunting to have the saddle, or what were you doing? Were you primarily mobile hunting and just doing hanging hunts? when you've got all these multiple properties or did you have like certain screw in set up or for this tree or that tree? I mean, I imagine if you've got like small parcels, at least in my experience, there's only so many good trees on, you know, three to five acres. Right. Yeah. Yeah. If it's a small property, I'll, it, it depends on the property. If it don't have at least, I mean, I, I try to pick my properties to have, two possible shooters for me before I even invest any time in them. One, one deer's kind of, if it's a specific deer, I, I will go in and pre hang a set. Usually always. Um, just because like you said, you know, them smaller properties, you've only got so much room to work with. And it's like, you know, if you got three to four acres, you can pretty well shoot across, you know, set that sucker in the middle and you got a pretty good chance of him coming through that area. But I, whenever I, when I hang my stands and stuff, man, like I was literally, from the stand I was in last year, opening day, I was 28 yards from that buck's bed that he bedded up in. Like I found his bed specifically and hung a stand that I knew was going to be the right wind three days before season started. I hung that lone wolf in the tree and then I killed him opening morning, coming back to bed. Um, nice. so that's what I mean. Like I, I nerd out on these deer, bro. I, I get to where if I'm getting pictures of that deer two to three times a day, I will kill that deer as yeah. long as I don't blow him out of there going in. Um, and that's yeah. why I go in so early. Yeah, that's smart, man. I see in a lot of guys you'll talk to like, oh, no, don't hunt mornings early season, you know, this and that. Yeah. And don't hunt mornings late season. Dude, I've had more good sits this year in late December than I've had in November. I mean, honestly, just seeing them. And, and the weirdest thing I've kind of been learning lately is like 
a lot of these deer don't even move till late. Like, if it's that cold out, I'm not seeing them move till hell, like seven. You know, like an hour, an hour or two. It's almost like the sun's got to come up and like hit them on the, you know, on the ass or something for them to get up get and go going. to eat. Yeah, it's kind of strange to me. You wouldn't uh, like other places that I've hunted. It, you know, it's kind of the opposite. Like they move right there at daybreak, but I don't yeah, know if you've I've got any experience seen, like later I've seen a in lot the of that. season. Sorry, no, I, I didn't know if you you know anything you got to correlate with that. Uh, I mean, this year, yeah, definitely. Um, my buddy that I was actually hunting with the other day, like he's like, dude, mornings just I feel like it's a waste of time, you know, this time of year, and I'm like, I know. It's, it's all everything here's, and I hate to be that guy that says it, but like, I, I'm, I'm a pretty honest and blunt person. And like, I hear a lot of bullshit that people, you know, talk about on podcasts and stuff that it's just like, they're like, it, it's this way or there's no way. And it's like, that's yes. so wrong, man. There is right. so many ways to skin a cat nowadays, dude. Everybody's got a different strategy. Um, so I, I have killed Dude, like 90% of my bucks I have killed that, and I'm talking good deer, 130s or bigger, you know what I mean? Like decent bucks or mature bucks um, were mornings, early season, bro. Like you can capitalize on them. Them deer are so, they're so stupid that time of year, man. I hate to say it like that, but they yeah. are really dumb. Yeah. And you've got so much more cover. You've got, you know, just heat, you know, in general, hunting heat is a lot different than hunting the cold as far as your thermals go. Um you know, everything's so wet and sticky and the deer get up and move a little bit more uh, midday and stuff like that as well. And I feel like if you're in that deer's core area, that deer's good as dead, man, early season. That yeah. deer's not going to move far in the daylight. I don't care where he's at or what state you're in. Like, when it's hot and it's nasty, like, them deer don't want to get up and move. So whenever he does get up midday, you know, on that four to five hour routine, like, he's not moving far, man. So if you see that deer moving midday, like, you're in there with him, so... Um, I try to always, you know, killing is so, so minimal to me. It's the smallest part of any hunt. Um, because when I hang something, like I said, I try to keep my shots fairly close. Um, I mean, dude, I, I had a deer duck and arrow at 18 yards one time, bro. It was, it was the damnedest thing I ever had happen. So I, I have had it happen, but like, I try to get right up in there up close and personal 20 yard shots, 15 yard shots. Um, yeah, early I'm season, with you. Like said, you got the cover, man. So, so use it to your advantage. You ain't got to get 40 foot in a damn tree like you do late season. You can stay even, I mean, dude, I've even ran one stick off the ground. Uh, if that's where the cover is on a, on a pin Oak or something in some river bottoms, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just, you gotta, you gotta do what you gotta do, man. You have to be open-minded and think about for me, my success in early season is I'm doing things that nobody else is willing to do. And it's right. not, it's not because I'm a better hunter than them. It's not because they're any less of a hunter than I am or, or, you know, it's just the fact that I'm out there putting in work while everybody else is just like, they're not dedicated like I am. I feel, you know, I feel like I got a little more drive in me to get in there and capitalize and it's working for me. So yeah. I have noticed that a lot of the guys that I associate with have started kind of following that, that, you know that pattern too, where early season, they're trying to get in there and, and get on it first thing, um, which is great, dude, because everybody needs to be successful. No, dude, I mean, I feel like a majority of the guys that I'm associated with and I've, I've talked to that I would consider like top notch killers all have that same mentality. It's like, as soon as it opens, you should be in there trying to kill your deer and 
realistically, all the hard work should be leading up to that moment and like the scouting, the glassing, you know, and I think like, you know, for me, I'm, I'm really, it's like, I've been hunting for 12 years hard and these past four years since I moved to Kentucky have been a total game changer because I'm kind of relearning a lot of stuff because I went from hunting primarily like, uh, you know, suburban areas and some farmland and stuff like that to hunting big open ag land. And it's, it's a totally different ball game, just figuring out the access, figuring out, you know, bedding areas and like unlimited bedding areas that we have here versus having one here or one there where I grew up at. And it's just, it's just really hard, uh, to, you know, learn all that in a short frame, you know, of time and, figuring out these deer what they're doing early season it's like i've kind of feel like it's it's taken me like three or four years and now i'm really i'm excited for next season for early season because i kind of know what i need to do and i just have to do it but when you got into uh to really figuring out these deer and their beds like that early is there anything you're doing to try to to aid you in that by using mineral or by like what are you, how are you able to find some of these deer that early? So here's my, here's my thing. I'm just a short breakdown of it. If I go in, I door knock, um, I don't, I've never paid a penny for a piece of land I've hunted in my life. And I won't, I'll go and hunt public before I pay a dime for anything. Um, I've just been blessed and, and apparently it ain't cause I'm good looking. So they must like the way I talk to them or something. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I had paperwork drawn up by a lawyer, uh, liability waivers, professionally done paid to get it made um and that's the first thing i go to the doorstep with is that you know and it's like hey look i'm I'm not i'm not here to kill all your deer because you know people are nature lovers dude i enjoy watching deer too and like yeah i enjoy watching deer more than i do killing them i think like grow season to me is more exciting and fun than going in there and killing that buck like just because i know that early season if i've got three deer picked out and I know that I've got those three deer on a steady pattern between what they're doing uh, between, you know, night and going back to bed in the mornings. Like, that's what I focus on because that's what works for me. Not because mm-hmm. it's the best time to kill a deer. It's all situational. Um, the big nine, I killed him in the evening. Uh, you know, I shot him with my bow the opening day of rifle this year here in Missouri. But I passed up a lot of good bucks, man. <laughs> I passed up a 160 inch deer before I killed him. And, um, that's the biggest deer I've ever, I say I passed him up. He was 50 yards. You know what I mean? So, I mean, to me, that's a killable deer. Um, and it was just like, I don't know, something in me changed, man. I just grew as a hunter this year, I guess. And cause it sounds like it, man. Yeah. If it's a 140, bro, when he gets me fired up, man, I can't help but send one. You know what I'm saying? It's just, I'm it's, very childish dude, when it comes down to it. I like to have fun, but I know I, I mean, I had a lot of buddies beat me up this year for passing a, a great deer. And I'm like, man, it just, I don't know. Just when it comes down to that moment, dude, and you're about to draw back, if you don't, I mean, you know, it like, I, you know, exactly what I'm talking about. It's like, if it doesn't really crank you up, like, you know, it's supposed to, then I'm not doing it. And yeah. I don't know. I looked down on his frame and I was just like, he's a mature deer. He's a great deer, but I just seen a lot bigger deer, uh, you know, a couple days ago and I'm not about to end my season in early November knowing that he's out there and 
I could have tagged that one. And heck, I mean, when you're doing that, dude, you're beating the uh, a mature deer in his game. So I mean, you're just I don't as know. successful. Yeah, right. Absolutely, yeah. man. You yeah. get the satisfaction of knowing that that deer could be dead. So right, I, and I mean, I got great footage of him. Lord willing, if I do kill a late season buck, man, I'll have some awesome footage throughout the whole season of great deer. And I mean, this year's been probably the best year I've ever had as far as numbers of mature deer that I've seen. So it's just, you know, it's been a successful year. It's just, I'm really excited to turn the heat up. I think, you know, once we get into this early season next year. Well, and plus dude, you killed a freaking giant, a hammer of an elk, bro. I'm not, I'm not an elk hunter. I don't know like inch wise, what I wouldn't even know. I wouldn't even know what to guess one of them freaking things scores, dude. I've never really got into the elk hunting side of stuff, but like to me that one you killed was a fucking giant. Like yeah, so, thanks, brother. Yeah, no, and I I say that too. If I used all my luck on the elk. Your, your elk yeah. hunt, bro, because you, you slaughtered a hammer there. I mean Oh dude, I know, man. Thank you so much, dude. I appreciate it. It's it's uh but but you know what the difference is, Dalton? Like, I don't work all year long to kill an elk. Like, don't get me wrong. I worked really hard to kill that elk, like, while I was hunting him and working out and getting my body in shape and everything like that. Yeah. But it's just not the same. Like, we, our whitetails are like our life. You know what I mean? Like, we think about them all the time. And I don't know, man. It's, it's a, it's a bitter feeling. Like, not that I feel like I'm less of a hunter or I'm a bad hunter. It's just, I think, like, I just want it so bad. And it's like, oh, man, just like, I just, I, I don't know. It's just driving me nuts. Like just, I'm just not able to, to just find like that caliber deer that I'm really trying to kill. And it is what it is. If anything mature shows up in front of me within 30 yards, I'm torching it. Like I've already said, I don't care if it's broken, it's done game over. Like I'm just ready to <laughs> to have fun. Tag a, yeah. To tag a buck, dude. Like, the late Absolutely. season ground is real. I will be stoked with a, a one thirty. I don't care. <laughs> dude. Hey, I don't. Like, I, like I said, dude, if it gets you excited, like I've had, oh yeah, that drop time buck to me, like I was kicking myself in the ass that morning. I got up at four thirty, like I said, to go and hunt him, and something in me changed. And I'm glad I ended up killing this other my number two buck. Um, so I made I made two big changes this year to my style of hunting. Okay, and last year I got hung up on this big nine for. I was hunting a deer that wasn't killable, bro. And everybody's like, okay. I'll come kill that deer and I'll come killing him. And I'm like, dude, you guys don't fucking, you can't kill this deer. Trust me. Like, yeah. This Break deer that is down betting for on us, my dude. neighbors and he is not, he has no reason to be on me. You know what I mean? Like there, there's no killing this deer unless you're just sitting there randomly on a fucking lucky day. Yeah. And something what, bumps him out of there. What led you to that conclusion? Like what, I think more people need to understand that maybe they're hunting deer that are not killable and they might not know that. Like, so can you kind of explain and save? If you don't know for me, number one, if you don't know where that deer is bedding, if you don't know where one of his beds are, you're already stacking the cards against you, man. Um, for these older deer for to say, you know, three or four year old. Yeah. You catch them doing dumb shit. They slip up a lot more. But for this deer, man, he taught me so much stuff. So, like, if I thought I should go left, I should go right with this deer, bro. Legit. Like, if I thought he was in the thick, heavy cover, he was in an open CRP field bedded underneath a little freaking autumn olive tree. Like, just some of the the dumbest stuff that I'm like, why? This don't even make sense. And I'm like, 
it, it does though. I mean, like that's why he's here <laughs> yeah. because most people don't think that deer's going to be here. Like, I mean, I even had people like, it was kind of a, a roller coaster. Like I chased him, like I said, the first week or two of season, I hunted him a couple times through a couple sits at him off the ground. No luck. The first set I had at him was my closest to killing him. I got it. He was between 30 and 35 yards. Um, but it was too late. Like that little deer blew and jumped and like he threw his head up, looked at the little deer and there was nothing I could do. I tried to pull my bow back and he was, he was following suit. He didn't know what it was. So he had no clue I was there and he was right back on that trail at 10 that night. So, um, but yeah, it was where that deer was for me, man, was a, (laughs) it was so out of my element, bro. I had no business trying to hunt that deer. Like I was hunting him. Yeah. And, uh, just because he was so random i mean like what what was were you getting uh just nighttime pictures of him or completely random pictures of him or what dude so here's what this deer was doing i had one camera on him one cell camera um and i would catch him coming out of his bed i had a a rope scrape i had a i'm sure you go on my page and seen all them pictures of him hammering that rope scrape he would come out and sit check everything and then go back towards his bed and i don't know after that so like he was coming out of his bed hitting that rope going behind my camera which there was nothing but i'm not going to say too much about it there there was no nothing for him to even be back there for so he was coming into that cedar or that uh that crp thicket and was scent checking everything wind accordingly like every time we had a west wind which was like pretty much every freaking day he was coming from the east to the west with the wind in his face um but i knew i was not going to kill that deer in there because of my wind like there was i did not have a solid plan i had a north side access that i could get in there on but so here's the deal he was bedded in a crp field that had a giant slope that kind of formed into a bowl and he was bedding down in that thing so even on a west wind or anything my thermals were sucking down in there bro so I could get set up clean at three o'clock, but guess what? By six or seven, whenever that son bitch was going to move, mm-hmm. he was, he was dumping me on my thermals every time. And I didn't realize it. I was, it was a rookie mistake, dude. I'm like, I got a good West wind. I'm good. No, I did not, bro. You know, I started paying yeah. attention to it and, and throwing some milkweed. And I'm like, that's why. And the reason why I knew he was blowing my ass out of there every time was I went around the backside and come in off the backside of a lake one time. And I bumped him, dude, in the dumbest freaking spot ever. And he was sitting there watching me access from the north and wasn't moving. Like, the three times I bumped this deer, all three times I ever bumped him, there was no stand-up, look around, be alert, or nothing. He was a, he was a fucking rocket, dude. It was just 90 mile an hour straight from the bed. There yeah. was no other... And he wouldn't even smell me. It's like he would just... He was such a flighty deer, bro, like just super, super flighty. Um, and then this year, I had a picture of him hitting a rope scrape. He was about 120 yards from me, and there was a creek he had across to get to me to get down into that pinch, and he was up on a bluff up there. I had a bunch of does come through on that cell camera, and then he was on that that rope scrape there, and I let out just a freaking gnarly grunt sequence and snort wheezed and about 30 45 seconds later i had some does come flying past me and i'm like it's fucking game time i turned all my cameras on and i was ready and then i seen him bebopping through there and for about 15 minutes he was downwind of me too bro yeah like i said uh i did i did put out some doe esters and some tarsal gland on my decoy that day 
and uh, I just put him up as a little half rack. Um, I, I, I gave 50 bucks for the decoy. I don't even know what it is. It takes a dumbass deer to think it's real. He don't even look that good, <laughs> but it worked. It yeah, got him. Right. I got that. So that deer come in the way he did, scent checking everything back and forth, kind of zigzagging that river bottom. And how he didn't smell me, dude, I really do not know. Like he should have smelled me. Yeah. Uh, so then shout out to scent thief. <laughs> I do use their stuff, but I'm not going to say that's why I killed that deer because yeah. it's very situational. I've had deer that are, are just dumb as hell whenever I put it on. And I've had other deer that I think have had people like burn them out on that smell. So like, yeah, you know, that's a whole other, that, that's a whole other podcast I could talk about. Yeah. For time. whatever reason, man, I feel like deer just bust you if they want to bust you. Like, cause I've had Dude, the these... same thing happen. Like where like you, you'll drop milkweed and it's going right to him and you're like, what? and I, and I don't do, yeah, I don't do anything anymore nowadays. And it's just funny to me, man. And then like, I get one little off wind, barely like, and that deer is just like done. Like he hit a brick wall out of there and it's like the same day. And I'm like, goes to show you like certain bucks just don't give a shit at certain times. I don't know if they're sick or whatever the reason is, but man, it's because we don't have hex suits. That's what it is. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's what it is. <laughs> Maybe oh, we can get to hook up on a couple of those, <laughs> but some of these big deer, bro, I've had them come in and everything's perfect. Wind in my face. I mean, sky's blue. You name it, dude. There's no reason why that deer should be leery. And they yeah. just sense like they got a sixth sense and they're like, fuck this. I'm out. Like for no Absolutely. reason. They just, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. My main target is, for late know. season, I swear to God, he's just, he's got my number, dude. Like I'll have the wind perfect and he'll come through like, and then all of a sudden, like when I want to go hunt, man, that son of a bitch will come out and just be on the other side of the field or wherever. It's like, I bob, he weaves, I duck, he dives. I mean, it's just, it, it's just a never ending story with this one, but I don't know how those are the ones rut stuff is there, but like here in Missouri, like the other day, you know, I've been seeing a lot of bucks dogging down the yearlings right now. Cause they're starting to, I yeah. think like around mid December, I don't know date wise. I mean, I know people say there's a certain date, but I, I don't, here's what I do when November rolls around. I pretty much get in a slump where I'm like, fuck deer hunting dude, because I hate the rut. I can't yeah. pattern deer. It's no fun to me. I don't want to kill a random traveler. I mean, I say that like, I would be happy if I killed a giant randomly, right? But, like, I put in the work to, to kill specific deer because right. that's what I enjoy. That's my style of hunting. Nothing against anything. I don't care if you're a rifle hunter and you kill a 200-incher that you've never seen before every year consistently. Like, whatever it takes to get you in the woods. It's just, it's about having fun. And, like I said, you know, getting back to my roots as far as... If a deer makes me happy, I'm killing it from now on. Like the T-Rex mm -hmm. buck that I was posting about, that deer was, he was easily 145, probably closer to 150, was a solid buck. And everybody's like, dude, you need to go and kill him. And I'm like, no, I'm not killing him. I passed him up and come to find out two of the neighbors are like on him hot and heavy. They've been coming and buying a bunch of product from me and everything else. And I don't, he might be. <laughs> there dead. you go. There you go. Smart business move, Dalton. I like that. You know, just post some pictures up there. Yeah. I'm passing them. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the area I'm in. Okay. Yeah. Well, the thing yeah was, if you want to kill him, holler at me. Dude, I was in that deer's bedroom. Like he was as good as dead, but it was just like, man, I had pictures of that deer from last year and he made a pretty decent jump, but like, I bet on the deer anymore, man. I used yeah. to be in the mind frame of, you know, that a lot of people are now. And that's, 
If I don't kill him, the neighbor will. Like that's some of the dumbest thinking I have ever done in my hunting career personally. And that's for me. Yeah. Uh, odds are that deer's going to outsmart every hunter around there. That's why he's three, four, five, six years old anyway. And especially if it's a mature buck, you can really mm-hmm. bet on that deer nine times out of 10 that he's going to make it through that season again, probably. Yeah. Um, and especially if he early season or, or specifically fall ranges on you, I, I, I'm, I'm more knowledgeable on the early season stuff because that's what I focus on. Like I'm starting to, to get more into the late season things. But, uh, for me, early season, man, that pattern is it. You can't beat it, man. If you get that deer, if you know where he's betting early season, dude, it's like, like freaking taking candy from a baby. Sometimes, man, some of these deer, you just reach in there and pluck him off on his way back to bed, dude, set up on that trail. Once again, go, Mm -hmm. like you said, I can tell you put in work because you said, well, we got chiggers bad. Like most people don't understand, dude. My, I will be covered from head to toe and fucking ticks, man, almost every day that I'm not working. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're bad so here, it's, man. It's it's honestly, it deters me a little bit, dude, because even using Sawyers, they still get me bad. It's like you got to duct tape your pants. You got to go above and beyond here. And I'm usually walking in some nasty crap, to be honest with you. And it's yeah. just uh, – it's really, it's really deterring, especially when you don't find what you're looking for and you're putting in all that effort and you're like, all right, well, what the hell? Like, I'm just going to wait, you know, until like it cools down a little bit. But I think I'll probably put on, uh, put on the gas and then try to get my cameras out. I've, I've learned here it gets really bad around, uh, August, but if you can get all your stuff done and your camera set, you know, by July, generally you're in good shape. You stay out of the woods around August. So Maybe I'll go just get all my cams out early this year and then let them soak and, and come back in. I feed you a know? lot of proteins, too, all the way up until, like, crunch time. If it's if it's a spot I'm going to hunt, I always pull out a little bit early to make sure everything's gone. Make sure, you know, like I said, legal beagle. I don't want to be, you know. Yeah. Why don't you explain that real quick uh, with, your, with doing proteins? Are, are you doing the pellets or what? Yeah, so I've got like the backwoods blend, which is a pelleted feed mix, um, and that's that's what I run. I run my mineral sites as well, which is the barely legal, which is just a straight mineral. And in like Missouri, if you're not in the CWD zone, you can run minerals year round. Um, in my mineral, you can run year round. There's no proteins, sugars, you know, calories, nothing in there. So it's 100% legal to use as long as you're not in the CWD zone, which is a plus um, because it don't matter if it's a bag of salt or whatever, like deer are going to, you know, they, they need salt year round. Um, they're going to come through and stop and check stuff out. Now the bucks so much when they rut, I, I feel like the mineral sites during the rut are just as important as they are for an early season harvest due to the does and stuff still trying to get to them. Yeah. Of course, your bucks are going to be pushing them around. They're going to be scent checking everything, you know, the downwind side of a mineral site just like they do a bedding area. So, I mean, dude, I had bucks hammering minerals all through November. I mean, it was crazy even daylight and hitting them. And I, I was yeah. like, I went back and checked the camera cause it wasn't a cell camera or anything. And I'm like, Holy shit. Like, so here's I, I would have never thought, dude, they, they give you fault for me. This is why I'm doing away with so many of them. I've ran like 20 something cell cameras the last couple of years. Religiously. I run them year round tax right off. Of course. But and I'm getting away from them because I, I, I'm <laughs> I'm believing what that camera's telling me, and it's it's stupid. As a hunter, that camera is only telling me 
this with my blinders on, I can only see this right here. And if that deer ain't right here, then that deer ain't in that area. It's total right. bullshit, man. Like, yeah. And it's, it's, it kind of threw my game off to be honest with you late season last year. <laughs> yeah. Comes in on you. <laughs> I, I don't know what's going on upstairs, but something got dropped. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm uh, sorry, man. Just throwing some knowledge bombs here, man. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with you. Don't I, I honestly like, uh, one of the biggest bucks that I had an encounter with this year, I watched him come across the field, uh, you know, at first light, dude. And I know that son of a bitch walked right by one of my cameras, never got a picture of him. And I said yeah. to myself, how many times does that happen? You know, yep. like we only know such a small fraction of what we actually are, are looking through on these cameras. And and I, I, I don't care who you are. We all fell, fall victim to it at some point. And... I'm not going to let the cameras dictate, you know, when I'm hunting or whatever I'll let, you know, I need to go do observation sits and glass. And if you're able to do that, you know, but well, you that's something hunt. I wanted to touch on honestly with you, because like, I'm, I'm the first one to like, I'll own my shit, dude. And I'll hold myself accountable for something if it's dumb or wrong or right or whatever. Um, and I feel like for me, whenever I killed the big nine this year, I don't have, so you know how you got the satisfaction of I beat that buck at his game, right? Right. I, I did. Okay, yeah, sure. But I feel like I'm like 95% happy with it because I had that fucking cell camera 120 yards away that I knew he was on that rope scrape. If it was not for that cell camera that day, I never would have threw a snort wheeze out there, bro. So, like, I feel like me beating that 7-year-old at his game was not honestly done. And I'm, I'm man enough to admit that shit too. You know, like I killed him. Cool. I'm putting him on the wall. Cool. He's great for my business. Watching him grow over the years. Cool. But in the back of my mind and in my heart, I know I did not beat that deer 100% at his game, dude. Yeah. Um, I don't think going public I, next year with no cameras. Yeah. For one, I respect you a ton for coming out and, and saying that that way. I don't think you need to feel that way, though. I'll be honest with you, man. I mean, when you have so many places to hunt and limited time, you're a working man, you're a dad, you know. I don't I don't see the, the point in uh, beating ourselves up, whether we are using a cell camera or not. I mean, I know what you're saying, and, and you're hunting because you're trying to beat that animal in his own environment, but hey, man. I don't. I don't see the the argument. If you want to use a cell camera, you should use it. If you don't, then don't use it. Uh, I think it goes to that point. I think there's way too many guys out there dictating and saying, "Oh, well, this is the way, and this is the way of true hunting." And da da da. da. You know what, dude? Whatever you want to do is up to you. If it's legal, then by all means, you should be doing it. Um, yeah. And I'll, I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap this one up with that. <laughs> yep. No, that's but, cool, man. I uh, yeah. I, I, we kind of went all over the place, but hopefully it'll, you know, hopefully somebody can pick up something they need. Yeah. I think uh, it's been a good BS session, man. I, I feel yep. like it, we just had a good like conversation between the two of us and got into some good dynamite stuff for, uh, that I've, I've learned with like minerals and, you know, trying to capitalize, uh, you know, for leading into next season with like early season and, and what we should be doing there. Cause let's face it. Not everybody's out there hunting still. I mean, I know a, a few of my buddies texted me today that they were throwing in the towel and they were done with it. So I'm like, yeah, some of us are sitting on the couch tagged out. Yeah. Yeah. Rub it in. Why don't you? <laughs> I wish. 
Oh man, uh, no, I, I'm definitely not a cocky person like that at all. No, nah, I, I can tell, dude. I can tell. It, it for me, man. Here's the thing: is I got lucky twice this year, man. I mean, a lot, a lot of hard work and a little bit of luck, and you'll be successful. Like, yep. And and once again, like I said, the whole cell camera thing for me was that. That's just my personal take on it. Uh, but next year, I, I I put in so much work on public land early season, dude, that. I haven't went and hunted the last two years and I had good deer located and, and, you know, I put in the work to get on them. I just, I'm, I'm one of those guys. I'm, I'm probably one of the most respectful hunters you'll ever meet because I don't, I don't want to intrude. If I know somebody's hunting a certain area or something like that, like I'm not going to go and screw somebody else's hunt up whenever I got a deer on private, I could go and chase. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. Being respectful, but Hey, I've been respectful two years in a row. So now these guys have got to slide over and, and, and I'm hey, getting man. in a free somewhere. So, it's public it is land. It is. Get her yeah. done. <laughs> well, Dalton, I appreciate you a ton, man. It's been a blast talking with you. We will definitely, uh, I'd love to have you back on maybe when we get closer to early season, just uh, touch up on some stuff. But yep. um, how can our listeners keep up with you, dude? Uh, and if they want to get some product from you, what's the best way to go about it? Yeah, my, my I got Facebook, um, my personal page, and then the business page is Rack Daddy Minerals. Uh, we're out of Columbia, Missouri. Um, one good thing about me is you can call my cell phone and talk to me, you know, unless I'm, if yeah. I'm busy, I will return your call ASAP. So five, seven, three, eight, two, three, four, four, one, nine. Um, like I said, it's, you know, it's not a huge business that it's so big. I can't keep up with people. Like I've picked up a few extra stores here locally, our big bow shop here in town, a couple of stores up North. Like I've got these guys that are going to start carrying the smaller bags and to get more products seen for people to be more convenient. Cause I'm, I'm like you said, man, I, I work full time. I run the business. I got a four and a five year old that I have full time. So like if I'm ever short with anybody or if I ever don't get back to you, I promise it was not intentional. It's just, I'm just freaking busy, man. Uh, and I do apologize if anybody's listening and has tried to get a hold of me and I felt like you got blown off or something. It, it, that's not the case at all. I just, I get busy. So uh, just like tonight with the podcast, we had to switch times because it's like, I got so much crap going on staggering before we leave tomorrow. And Oh, you're good. dude. Uh, you're but, good. I, yeah, I appreciate Instagram, your time, brother. The Facebook page. And then obviously the website, you know, rackdaddyminerals.com. Uh, but I'm just glad we could get on here and talk more about deer hunting. Cause I've done podcasts before about the business and I, I love my business, dude. I'm happy with it. But like, I enjoy talking about freaking whitetail, dude. Like I oh, think absolutely. it's, you know, minerals yeah. are minerals feed mixes or feed mix nowadays bro i don't think there's a a bad company out there to be honest with you man it's all about who you want to support at the end of the day that's right we all dude much make the same thing we might word it different on our labels but deep down inside as as mineral and, and feed mix owners we all know that we got a base recipe that we go off of so i mean support who you want to support man um whether it's a local guy or you buy from the big store you know whatever makes you happy roll with it yeah, I'm with you, dude. I, I love supporting the local guy, and uh, hopefully this kind of helps people get to know you a little better and, uh, you know, realize it's a, a no BS company. So, Absolutely. Dalton, it's been a blast, man. I will catch up with you soon. Sounds good, bro. Thanks for having me on, man. Have a good evening. Absolutely. You too, dude. Thanks again for joining us this week, guys. Really hope you enjoyed this one. I know uh, we were a little bit uh, all over the place with it, but I think it was really good. I, I learned a ton from Dalton, and uh, honestly, I'm looking forward to like this off season and, and trying to like adjust 
you know, where I have been using minerals. And uh, I, I definitely took a lot away from that. I hope you guys did too. I want to give a huge shout out to our sponsor, Lone Wolf Custom Gear, Timberwolf Supply Company, and Painted Arrow Outdoors. We've got some great stuff coming. Uh, I've got some giveaways that are coming up soon. I was hoping to have them before the holidays, so my apologies on that. But uh, we hope you're having a great Christmas. I hope you enjoy the time with your family and loved ones. Um, From my family to yours, you know, Merry Christmas. I want to close it out today with a a segment, uh, a quote that I really like, uh, especially I think it applies a lot to this late season grind. And um, I hope you guys enjoy it too. The struggle that you're in today is developing the strength that you'll need for tomorrow. I hope that finds you all well. I hope you, uh, like I said, have a great Christmas with your families. Hope you guys are out there still grinding. Please tag us uh, with any of your success. Uh, you know, we'd be happy to, to share some pictures and uh, and give you guys a congrats on that. And uh, with that being said, hope you all can tune in next week and look forward to catching up with you.